Welcome to the St. Michael Easter podcast series. My name is Mary Lessman, and I'll be leading our meditation today. Our theme this Easter is big love. God's holy work is fulfilled in the resurrection of Christ, the defeat of death itself. We've received the gift of new life, and we can use that gift to spread God's big love to those near and far. Joining Christians everywhere during this Easter season, we proclaim with joy, Alleluia, the Lord is risen indeed. Come, let us adore him. Alleluia. A reading from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 2, verses 8 to 23. See to it that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the universe, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have come to fullness in him, who is the head of every ruler and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a special circumcision, by putting off the body of the flesh in the circumcision of Christ. When you were buried with him in baptism, you were also raised with him through faith in the power of God, who raised him from the dead. And when you were dead in trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with him. When he forgave us all our trespasses, erasing the record that stood against us with its legal demands. He set this aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and made a public example of them, triumphing over them in it. Therefore, do not let anyone condemn you in matters of food and drink or of observing festivals, new moons, or Sabbaths. These are only a shadow of what is to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. Do not let anyone disqualify you, insisting on self-abasement and worship of angels, dwelling on visions puffed up without cause by a human way of thinking, and not holding fast to the head, from whom the whole body, nourished and held together by its ligaments and sinews, grows with a growth that is from God. If with Christ you died to the elemental spirits of the universe, why do you live as if you still belong to the world? Why do you submit to regulations? Do not handle, do not taste, do not touch. All these regulations refer to things that perish with use. They are simply human commands and teachings. These have indeed an appearance of wisdom in promoting self-imposed piety, humility, and severe treatment of the body. But they are of no value in checking self-indulgence. Here ends the reading. Over the long history of the Christian faith, there have been many fads, an idea or a book that will, for whatever reason, stir the imagination of a wide swath of people and become of the moment. Some from recent memory are The Power of Jabez and The Purpose Driven Life, and of course the ubiquitous and mass-merchandised What Would Jesus Do? We seem to be drawn to Christian life hacks that renew our commitment or burnish our spiritual credentials. Sometimes these moments are catalysts for great change in a person's life. And sometimes they fizzle out as quickly as they arose. Today's passage from the letter to the Colossians addresses such a fad. The author is speaking to the tendency to look to humanistic or philosophical truths 
as a means of knowing and living the gospel. If we believe that all creation is of God and that God gives us the gift of intellect and discernment, we have to acknowledge that there doesn't have to be an inherent conflict between the wisdom of the world and the gospel of Christ. But in practice, there usually is. I would suggest that the disconnect comes from our tendency to be self-focused, for our lives to be centered not on God, but ourselves, our desires, our ambitions, our appetites, our passions. And so we look for a melding of theology and practical wisdom that allows us to have our cake and eat it too. In today's passage, it appears there are those in the Christian community who are teaching the necessity of a right understanding and practice if one is to actually know God and God's truth. Whatever the philosophy being touted, it is clear it comes with a severe regimen of bodily asceticism. Its condemnation of matters surrounding food and drink and its call for self-abasement and fasting are put forth as the preparatory work necessary for angelic visions and experiences of self-transcendence. This is clearly an early form of dualism, wherein the body, tied as it is to time and place, is seen to occupy a lower realm than the world of soul, spirituality, and wisdom. This teaching whiffs of Gnosticism, which was an insidious heresy in the early church. The author of Colossians counters such a worldview. He reminds us that Jesus is an embodied Savior. He took on the fullness of our humanity, the good bits as well as the embarrassing bits. All of our bodily existence is given honor because Jesus deigned to become one of us bodily. Further, just as Jesus was resurrected in his body, so too will we have resurrection bodies. It makes no sense to try and distance ourselves from our earthly bodies when they are a foretaste of our eternal bodies. Our bodies, created with love by God, are declared good. We should be wary of any understanding of our faith that does not fully embrace the goodness of our bodily existence. Our author reassures us on this point, warning us off those who would say that what we eat or drink or touch will separate us from God. We can absolutely have unhealthy relationships with things of the world that can separate us from God. But that is about our appetites, our desires, our anesthetizing, our avoidance. It is not about the item itself. In the never-ending debates that the church has had over what is necessary and what is a matter of individual conscience, an Enlightenment archbishop famously weighed in, saying, In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, liberty. In all things, charity. We would do well to keep these words in mind, as in this confusing, fast-paced, and ambitious world, we try and keep the main thing the main thing. God in Jesus loved us so much that he reconciled us to himself once for all. This is the main thing. When we're tempted to slice and dice this, 
to believe that what we eat or drink or partake of can separate us or others from God, we've missed the main thing. Amen. Please join me as we continue with the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let us pray. O God, whose Son Jesus is the Good Shepherd of your people, grant that when we hear his voice, we may know him who calls us each by name and follow where he leads, who, with you and the Holy Spirit, lives and reigns one God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. 